This is Bad Attitudes. Hello, friends and strangers. Welcome to another episode of Bad Attitudes, an uninspiring podcast about disability. I'm your host, Laura. In today's episode, I'll be introducing you to spoon theory, what it is, what it means, and why it's so important to the disabled community. Today's episode is sponsored by Connie KB. Thank you, Connie. If you are enjoying the podcast, if you find it helpful and informative, and you would also like to sponsor an episode, consider buying me a coffee. Go to ko-fi.com slash badattitudespod to donate the cost of a coffee towards the expenses of running this podcast. Send any questions, comments, or ideas to badattitudespod at gmail.com or reach out on social media. Follow at Bad Attitudes Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you enjoy this episode, share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe so you are notified every time I drop a new episode. Please take a minute to leave a review for the podcast. It really helps get us in front of new potential listeners. I'll put direct links to where you can leave a review in the episode description. As always, I want to remind you that disability is not a monolith. Although some aspects are universal, my experience as a disabled person is going to be different from the experiences of other disabled people. I am one voice for the disabled community, but I am not the only voice. Spoon Theory was introduced in 2003 when Christine Miserandino used spoons to explain to her friend what it was like to have lupus. She recounted the experience in her essay, The Spoon Theory, on ButYouDon'tLookSick.com. When you're disabled or chronically ill, you have to consider how every task in a day will cost you energy, and you have to plan for it. Not just every big task, every tiny task. So, you might lump the things you do in the morning together under a task called getting ready for work. But for someone who is disabled or chronically ill, they have to break that down into smaller tasks. Getting out of bed, showering, dressing, breakfast, etc. But those tasks can be broken down even further. If you plan to shower, is it worth the effort to shave your legs or wash your hair? When you get dressed, are you choosing clothes that are more difficult to put on and remove? As for breakfast, well, you have to prepare something to eat, right? Do you have the energy for cooking or is cold cereal the better option? The average non-disabled person might decide to forego preparing their own breakfast altogether and opt to hit the drive-thru. But for someone who is disabled or chronically ill, this could cause more problems than it solves. When you have a disability or a chronic illness, you start off each day with a limited supply of spoons, which represents your energy reserves. Each day, you could have more or less spoons, but you never know for sure what kind of day it's going to be. Something that cost you one spoon yesterday might cost you three spoons today. In many ways, the average healthy non-disabled person starts the day with unlimited spoons. Miserandino explains the difference between a healthy life and a life lived with disability or chronic illness 
as the luxury of choice. Non-disabled people don't generally have to choose between two tasks because they know in advance that they won't have the energy for both. They don't need to ration their energy. But that is what the disabled and chronically ill communities do every day. We ration our energy. We look at what we want, need, and hope to accomplish on a given day and take into consideration all the tasks required to reach those goals. We prioritize what needs to be done and utilize our spoons to complete those tasks. If a person has a spouse or children, some spoons automatically go towards caring for them every day. It's important to remember that for many disabled people, even simple tasks require extra steps that the average non-disabled person doesn't have to consider. Let's take going to the store, for instance. When you, the average non-disabled person, decides to make a run to the store, you hop in your car and go. But if I were to do the same, there are a couple of extra steps. I can't just hop in my car. I hop in my car and then I remove the anti-tip bars from the back of my wheelchair and put them on the floorboard. Then I take the wheels off of my wheelchair and put them in the back seat. Then, as I maneuver myself from the passenger to the driver's seat, I pull the body of the chair in after me. I settle it in the passenger seat and reach across it to pull the passenger door closed. Then I have to situate myself in the driver's seat. I take a second to rest and then I buckle up, start the car, and set off. Of course, when I arrive, I have to do the same thing in reverse. Reach across to open the door, move the chair out of the car while moving myself across to the passenger seat, putting each wheel back on, putting the anti-tip bars back on, putting the cushion in, forgot to mention that the first time around, parking the chair and making sure it is placed in a way that is safe for transferring, finally get out of the car and into the chair. Are you tired yet? We haven't even made it into the store. On my best days, this process takes me less than three minutes. If my energy is not at peak levels, it might take me longer or I might fumble a bit. If a well-meaning stranger insists on helping, it takes even longer. If I know someone is watching me, it takes me longer. Don't put me on the spot by staring. Take a spoon if I encounter inaccessibility, whether that's a lack of accessible parking, grocery carts in the parking spots, or barriers inside. Also take a spoon if I have to deal with ableism in any flavor. Remember that you don't have to actually be physically active or complete tasks to use up your spoons. I have experienced my fair share of pain, but I can't imagine dealing with chronic pain. Being in pain every day, all the time, takes up a lot of spoons. It's exhausting. If you didn't get a good night's sleep, you've lost a spoon. If you get a cold or an infection, there goes three or four more spoons. I use up a lot of my spoons with mental activity or socialization. Considering my brain is often like an internet browser with 87 tabs open, two of which are playing music, this isn't hard to understand. Also, those two tabs are playing different songs, and I don't know where they're coming from, but somehow I'm singing along to both. It's rough in there. Understand that using up your spoons is very different from everyday tiredness. If you're not disabled and not chronically ill, it's unlikely you've ever even heard of spoon theory, unless you have someone disabled or chronically ill in your life. Why? Because it doesn't apply to non-disabled people because, like I said, you have unlimited spoons. You might overexert yourself on a given day, 
but that is unlikely to have long-lasting consequences. And that is the greatest difference between spoonies and non-spoonies. Spoonies is the term for people to whom spoon theory applies. If a spoonie overexerts themselves, the consequences have the potential to be catastrophic. Injury, illness, being bedridden, all of these are possible if a spoonie overextends on a given day. It's hard to understand spoon theory if you've never been on the inside of it, but if you have someone in your life who is disabled or chronically ill and you want to continue to show you care for them, it's vitally important that you try to understand. One of the common threads you hear among stories from people who develop a chronic illness is how they become isolated because their friends and family stop including them because they have to say no so often. Spoonies don't want to say no. Spoonies want to do all the things, but they no longer have the same resources, and they cannot ignore the negative impact overexertion can have on their bodies. I'm not sure I did the greatest job explaining spoon theory and why it's important. Like I said, I'm not sure it's something you can understand unless you've been in it. I highly recommend reading Christine Miserandino's essay, which I'll link in the episode description. If you have spoony friends and you feel like they aren't making enough of an effort to be involved with you, understand that it's not always their choice. How do you choose between your physical and mental well-being and the people you love? Respect the needs and limitations of your disabled and chronically ill friends. Keep inviting them out and know that you are important to them because when they spend time with you, they are literally giving you one of their spoons. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next one.